Hey, welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2022 is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Shadowy conspiracies, ravening beasts, the cold embrace of the void. These are just some of the dangers awaiting those who stand between the innocent and the multitudes ready to destroy everything we believe in. And the way our heroes roll, whether in Warhammer 40,000, Delta Green, Numenera, or any number of other games we've tried, they'll probably encounter these dangers sooner rather than later. Join us at theredactedfiles.com. Stories from Chaos Edge is an actual play podcast of tabletop role-playing games, with me, your host Madeline Colley. In this personal experiment, I'm using my years of player experience to help explore different systems, a variety in gaming, in order to tell stories, either alone or with friends along the way. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and myself, Ryan Bolter, create characters in multiple role-playing games with prominent guests from the games community. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth for a different game with new guests each series. Character Creation Cast always takes time to reflect on the game, its designs, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great session zero every week. What if the world of the dead was just a plane ride away? Quest Friends is a supernatural role-playing podcast where five best friends explore the fun of everyday life in the afterlife. Average annoyances spiral into fantastical adventures inspired by cartoons like Gravity Falls and The Owl House. Listen to our ghostly adventures at questfriendspodcast.com or by searching Quest Friends on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to International Podcast Month. I'm Kyle, he, him, and today I and the other participants, the other lovely players with me today, are going to be playing Under the Neighborhood, a role-playing game that lets you play cartoony adventures inspired by shows like Amphibia, The Owl House, and Gravity Falls. Before I get to introducing everyone and get to actually, you know, playing the game, let's start by introducing you to our world. Welcome to Moneycomb. Moneycomb is a wonderful suburb where people live and breathe and do their regular day lives, but there is a twist and another twist and then a third twist on top of that. This small suburb is on an isolated island populated entirely with bipedal animal people. They're fun, they live in Moneycomb. Moneycomb the comb part we got to it because I animals the money part is because the island is surrounded entirely by gold think Scrooge McDuck's money bin but the literal rest of the world and you might be like Kyle that doesn't work it's the only kind of thing we'd find in our dreams and that's because money comb is the world of our dreams you see the world is 2047 society has been driven back so that people are living only in malls, or at the very least, our people, our, our heroes live only in the mall. I don't like, maybe other people live outside of the malls. It's 2047, that's years in the future. The point is, in our world, regular day people live in the mall, and when they dream, 
their avatars move to the world of Moneycomb. However, in a humble arcade in this mall, which is called Duran Square Plaza, there is a claw machine that if you use it right, can bring you to the world of your dreams while you're still awake. That was half a good monologue. It was serviceable. We know what we're doing. We got it. We figured it out. Uh, <laughs> before we play an adventure in this setting, uh, I'd love if everyone could go around, introduce yourselves and your characters who will be playing around in the world of Moneycomb. Hi, I'm John, and I'm playing LeBron Tate, he, him, and John's he, him. And LeBron is the weird who performs stage magic, and he wants to learn real magic. Except for he doesn't want to admit that stage magic isn't real magic, so he'll tell everyone else that he is a magician. Living in a world of literal animal people surrounded by actual gold that like has actual magic, and you're just sitting there like, yeah, but I can pull a real long scarf out of my sleeve. Look at me go. <laughs> just as real as all the other magic. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn a different type of magic. Hi, I'm Mads. I'm playing Emmy DeRime. She, her. She is technically a teen. She has purple red hair um, that kind of spikes up all over the place. And she wears a lot of graphic t-shirts, like with uh, weird designs on them or sayings on them. And then she lives in the mundane world of Durand Squared Plaza. And her parents own PEI, the Survival Parking Lot Equipment Gear Store, to allow people to get from the mall through the parking lot safely to get to their vehicle, which is probably parked miles away. And then they don't have the access to a waypoint, so they need equipment to be able to survive. And she wants, she wants to get a boyfriend to kiss. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Bolter. He, them. And I am playing Arya Dawn, the magical girl who casts spells, she, her pronouns. She is a 14-year-old uh, skater girl, basically, uh, wears a hoodie, uh, originally comes from Moneycomb. So you can't see that uh, she's actually a cat person. And uh, she typically wears roller skates since it's like kind of nostalgia 80s themed. She is originally from Moneycomb, and her want is to wake up. Because, as we mentioned, the world of Moneycomb is filled with animal people and is the world of your dreams. That means not only do people, when they dream, their avatars exist in Moneycomb, but it also means that anyone they dream up also exists in Moneycomb. So some of the animals there may have human counterparts. And what happens when both are awake or neither is awake? Yeah. It's become a nightmare. Congrats. Our cartoon <laughs> show has already become existentially horrifying. I mean, so it is a cartoon from the 80s because that's like half of them were exactly that. <laughs> we did it, everyone. Give ourselves a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. One last thing before we begin. Everything that we're going to play today is going to be something that either exists in the Under the Neighborhood rulebook or was made using it. Like this world that we're playing in was not in the rulebook, but we did use prompts from the rulebook in order to create it. The one exception is going to be Ryan is playing the magical girl as we set up. That right now is uh, a perk for the Quest Friends Patreon. 
Uh, and I just want to make that clear, not to be like, buy the game and then support us on Patreon, but as a way of, I, I want to make sure no one's like, man, I really want to do the Magical Girl and then go there and then it's it's not there. It, it was really just included to appease me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I do have a brand, so yeah. it's fine. Brian would have just sensed it. Yep. <laughs> there has to be a Magical Girl character type. I just know it. Okay. So before we begin our adventure, we know our characters, we know our world. We need one other thing to begin. Most of the cartoons that inspire Under the Neighborhood, a lot of the time, while they spiral out into fantastical adventures, they actually start from a very relatable point of view, something mundane. An example I like to think of is in the TV show Gravity Falls, there is an episode where the main character upsets an older teen, and the teen is like, all right, meet me in this parking lot and we're going to have a fight. And the main character, in an attempt to avoid this fight, brings an arcade fighting character to life, tells that arcade fighting character that the bully has killed his father and then sets him loose on the town. So we start from something that is, you know, maybe not every day, but relatable, like kids get in fights. And then when combined with our magical world, spirals into something fantastical and weird. So what each of our players are going to do is they are going to suggest one of these mundane slice-of-life complications. And then once all three of them have suggested something, we as a group are going to pick our favorite, and that will be the foundation for our adventure. All right, I want to suggest that LeBron was invited to perform his stage magic show for a birthday party. <laughs> I love how that inherently is not like a bad thing. It's inherently not terrible. Yet there are so many ways in which it could go completely upended. And it's it's one of those things where you give someone a curse and you act like you're handing them a gift. And I adore it. <laughs> so I would like to suggest for Arya that she meets someone that looks like they could be their double but then someone else who talks like her <laughs> so two candidates that could possibly be this person she's looking for all right and ryan what is what is emmy dealing with i think uh emmy's parents need somebody to do a little bit of overtime at the store there's been an influx of parking lot adventurers okay perfect so our candidates for today's slice of life complication are LeBron was invited to perform a stage magic show for a birthday party. Arya meets someone who looks like they maybe could be her and someone else who talks like her. Or Emmy's parents need someone to do a little bit of overtime at the store. There's just a lot of parking lot adventures today. So now that we've got our three candidates, it is up for us to decide which of these three do we want to be the foundation of our adventure. For me, I think I vote for Emmy need parents need someone to do overtime because that this in, will include all of the parking lot shenanigans that we came up with. <laughs> yeah, because a detail I did not mention in the introduction. So in our mundane reality, every main character lives in a mall, like a shopping mall. And because there are so many people living here, the parking lot spreads for miles. Are there things beyond the parking lot? Potentially, but our heroes have never ventured far enough to try. We've lived here our whole lives. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Arya's maybe lived here her whole life. <laughs> maybe. She's not sure. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> All right, Ryan and Mads, what are you thinking for uh, Slice of Life? What What are your favorites of the list? I mean, you can get so you could get into so much trouble just with the idea of overtime. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to stay and then see about what the heck's going on. Uh huh. And that could even turn like nightmarish in itself. It's like, oh, they're they're leaving. They're coming in. Oh no! Absolutely. <laughs> oh, one time only. This concert with that boy or whoever you wanted to kiss. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, okay. That, that okay gets my vote. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one I was leaning towards as well. <laughs> All right. So so working overtime. I already know why there is an influx of new people. In our hypothetical Under the Neighborhood cartoon show, we are on episode one of season two, and I will explain <laughs> why in a moment. But perfect. Uh, so working overtime, anything we want to flesh out about that premise or should we get into it? Yeah, I think it has to be that Emmy needs to work overtime on the one day. Absolutely does not want to be at work. What if it's like mall prom? Or something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it could be like a day. Well, I mean, like, you know, she's she's technically a teen, so not quite prom age yet. That's true. You could you could hold it in the, the mall's promenade. <laughs> the promenade dance. Promenade dance. Promenade dance, please. Promenade dance. Oh, my God. Uh, the promenade dance, which is a big uh, thing for uh, Duran Squared Plaza already. But it's happening a little bit earlier this year. Because we're not starting with the pilot of our TV show. As I said, we're starting at the beginning of season two, actually, because some changes have happened to the world that we've introduced. And that is the arcade machine was the only way in and only expert claw grabbers could use it. So not many people knew how to get to Moneycomb. However, due to shenanigans that happened at the end of last season, you know, magic was had, stage magic was had, dreams were shattered, and nightmares arose. The barrier between Moneycomb and Duran Square Plaza shattered, and a series of animals from Moneycomb have recently been finding themselves in your mall. And it is, in fact, all of these new animal dream creatures that are what are filling up the new customers for the parking lot. And it's also why we're having the dance at the promenade, because, well, we got all these new friends here. We want to show that we're all getting along, that we can deal with the fact that our dream selves and our real selves may be interacting. And the avatar for me, Kyle, is probably hiding from his Moneycomb uh, equivalent, because I'm apparently just a real big jerk in dreams. <laughs> My friends have told me multiple times, it's like, here's a dream and here's what Kyle did wrong by being like oblivious or just otherwise mean. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Anyways, does that yeah. set up work all right for everybody? I like that. Sounds great. <laughs> yes. Yep. And and the, the citizens of Moneycomb have cash for days. So they, they wind it up in the perfect spot to just like pour their like water wealth uh, into other people's pockets. Exactly. Now, mind you, inflation going to be terrible, but this is like the first couple <laughs> weeks, so we're fine. No. Fine for now. <laughs> Emmy's worried about like, you know, going to this dance, but she's got to work. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we're actually not going to start in the dance. We're going to start with Emmy's mom. 
Jenny DeRime kind of fussing with you and saying, okay, now Emmy, now you've got to remember that each of these animal creatures, they're going to have different needs than most of our regular folks. You know how old man Mr. Johnson, how his back doesn't work, so you've got to do like, you got to give him something light. It's the exact same thing for if a worm comes through, because as we know, they're not a vertebrate, they're an invertebrate. Exactly. And so they don't have spines, and so our regular backpacks aren't going to work. And Mom, I know about the Velcro strapping that needs to happen. I mean, we went over this. I know it's got to go around rather than, like, vertically. I mean, I know, they don't have arms. It's fine. I know, I know. I just, it's, it's just, I'm... And she puts her hand on your shoulder, and in a sign of both pride and fear at the fact that you're being left over time for, let's say for like one of the first times, she's like, I'm just so proud of you. Mom, thanks. She's looking real uncomfortable. She's like, I just want to get this over with so I can get to this dance. All right. So um, your father told you where the, the lockbox and the keys and all of that stuff are, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. The two of us, as we said, uh, we've got to go to that. And she does like an eye roll thing to act like it's not cool. Like, oh, I know that's not cool. It's like, we've got to go get some work done at that promenade dance thing. So we will be back to relieve you as soon as the dance is done. And then, uh, and then you know, you'll, you'll, you could take off in another couple of days. But mom, I wanted to go to the dance. I know, I know. It's just your father and his dream version. You know how your father is. Well, now with his dream version here, both of them are getting all sorts of ideas about all sorts of things to do. And I've got to I've got to stand there to make sure that nothing goes awry. So you'll always have next year and next year you'll probably actually be a teen. So you can, you know, do all the teen stuff and have like, you know, the cute date and the cute boy and and all that stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. And she rolls her eyes again. I'm sure you don't care about right now. So, I mean, even if she does, like, even if she shows it on her face, plain as day, I mean, mom is just completely oblivious. Whoops. No idea. (laughs) No, no idea at all. And remember, you can text or call us if you need absolutely anything at all. If I text and call and I need something, I mean, are you going to be able to come by because dad is freaking out like he does? (laughs) Just a thought. Just a thought, Mom. Emmy, your father isn't that. And in the background, you just see your father on fire, just ah! <laughs> as he's like running, trying to figure something out. And she just looks back at like the smoke fire trail and says, we'll figure something out. <laughs> Good luck, Mom. And then she will give her mom a hug. And your mom will give you a hug back, a little little kiss on the forehead, and then she will leave you at the stand. And you can hear nothing except the ticking of the clock, which seems to move. It's like tick, tick. With every tick, there's a montage tick. of like her in a different position. Tick. So she starts off with her head in her hands. Tick. And then she goes into like leaning back on the chair tick. and then she goes back into like her head tick. like on both arms <laughs> and then she goes into um, like a, the next tick is where tick. you just see her feet sticking up over the, the counter tick. and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Shockingly quiet right now, probably because most people are getting ready for the dance. Like most days have been exceptionally busy, but today, eh, 
Uh, but we'll say, uh, just to get everyone together, uh, Arya and LeBron, what are you doing that brings you to this booth? Well, LeBron just got out of a birthday party and so has a few gold <laughs> coins to spend. So he's walking in in his party uniform, which should be a wizard uniform, but unfortunately it is he's dressed how he thinks the people of the 80s dress. So he has baggy windbreaker pants, a tank top in uh, shutter shades, <laughs> and a headband. He watched Breakin', Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, Beat Street, and all these other things. And that is for which he based his knowledge of the 80s on. I love it. Yeah, a detail I forgot to mention that we brought up because world building got very absurd very quickly. Yeah. Uh, we're in the future of 2049, but we're obsessed with the 80s. It's just circled back to 80s nostalgia again. Uh, but nobody has 80s nostalgia quite like LeBron. <laughs> when LeBron comes in, Emmy is just in position to just kind of stare at the clock that's ticking. But then when LeBron comes in, she's like, ah! because it's so bright. <laughs> it's so bright for days. There's a lime green and like, I think there's some fuchsia. It only matches because there's so many different colors that eventually starts matching again somehow. And I think once you uh, once you come out of the uh, the brightness pose, you come back and and standing right behind you is Arya sipping a uh, uh, a slushy. Hey. Oh man. Ooh. Ah, that was a little scary. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I just was looking at LeBron. Uh, she covers her eyes. Like, um, okay, maybe not looking at LeBron. Not not not, not quite so much. Okay. Oh. Yeah, LeBron, you gotta gotta step out of that spotlight over there. Oh. So steps to the side. <laughs> and it's like upward lighting from the floor up. I would say a giant lightning bug. I don't know if anyone has seen a bug's life, but you know how they do like spotlights in a bug's life where like the lightning bugs put yep. their butts in the face? Yes. Yeah. Well a giant lightning bug looks down and is like Oh, is this not the party? No. Oh, I'm so sorry. And he picks up his little spotlight and flies off. Emmy will call back, like, we'll, we'll, we'll call after him. It's like, <laughs> he, just, he just looks so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what's going on? I have to be here for the whole time. My parents have to chaperone or well, actually, no. My mom has to chaperone my dad because my dad is a hot mess. And his dream person is also a bit of a mess, too. So, yeah, I'm going to have to be here for a while. Uh, are you guys going to the, gonna go to the dance? I mean, I was going to go, but I thought it would be the three of us. I really want to, but I have to watch the booth. Nobody else is around to do it. We, can, we, can, we can't go without you. Uh, maybe we'll have to figure something out. Is it really crowded in here? The tick sounds. <laughs> tick. I, think, I believe I have a solution for you. Okay, I'm 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 up for it. What what do you what do you got? As you know, I perform actual magic. <laughs> okay. And I can summon a replacement to stand in for you while we all go to the promenade and dance. Oh shoot, that would be so cool! But then my parents would see me. How do I get around that? A disguise. Hold on. And I take off my shutter shades and put them on Emmy. What do you think? Where'd Emmy go? Wait, we can see my hair, though. I think my parents know what my hair looks like. Oh, oh, ho hold on. Hold on a second. And I, like, 
reach under like my baggy windbreaker pants and start pulling a long string of tight dyed shirts out and I unknot one of them and like try to make it into a do-rag. It's <laughs> 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 like the rest of them slide back up the leg. Who knows how? It's magic. It's real magic. I I the more you describe things, I genuinely can't tell if it means that Emmy is going to get a benefit to disguising herself or is going to get a drawback. I have not decided yet with the outfit that you are designing for her. It could go either way at this point. It could. I mean, it could come down to a roll. Like, Arya has actual magic. I mean, has a different form of magic from mine. Maybe Arya could help us. How's it look, Arya? I mean, she has her hair tied up in the in the tie dye and the shutter shades on. But I mean, my mom, my mom knows what this shirt looks like. I mean, so she's wearing like one of her big graphic T-shirts or something yeah. like that. So um, this one has a has a big ass cat on it with the kiss emoji, like it's like smacking its heart out. Uh, if there's one thing I know, it's transformations. <laughs> and I, I think I think a, a montage sparks up. Yes. Of like trying on various outfits from the uh, the parking lot supply store. <gasps> Which song is it? Which song is playing as we're doing this outfit montage? It's got to be 80s. It's got to be in the 80s. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I don't know if it's the 80s, though. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. It's like this, like, um, round, round, spin me round, round. <laughs> you spin me right. <laughs> spin me right, right. <laughs> Oh, we got shut down. We, we, we only can say so many words. Whoops. Anyways, you spin me round is 1984. Okay, great. Oh, it's good. And we can just say that every time an outfit changes, Emmy just like spins yes. and then there's a new outfit. Yes. And for the final outfit, my favorite thing to do when describing something is to design by committee. So I think for this final outfit, each of the four of us should specify a detail about the outfit. I'll start. You know how we had like the shutter shades? Mm-hmm. The shutter shades have been changed to their money comb equivalent, which is the shutter shades, but they've got a big money symbol on them instead. Nice. <laughs> all right, everyone else, what's what's an additional thing about the outfit that you all have a group have designed? So in PEI, one of the things that they need for surviving out in the parking lot wild is one of those snap-on blankets. Like it, it's really like a like a quilted um, microfiber type of blanket, very light, very, very, um, you know, puffy, but it's like it has snaps to it. So this way you can make it into a dress, not a dress, but a skirt <laughs> to cover your legs. <laughs> so she's using it as the skirt part. Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's orange. It is, oh. it is bright oh, orange. No. Bright orange, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you get lost, if. If you're cold in the parking lot that you need a survival blanket, bright orange is the, is you need that so people yep. can mm-hmm. see you. Because remember, we're in PEI now, so you got to get stuff out of PEI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I, I think I know how LeBron is contributing. LeBron is going to do the whole, there's a coin behind your ear, and do it like 30 times. And I want to arbitrarily say that the coins are the ones that have the little holes in them. And then I'm going to string them through to create a belt of money to pair with the skirt. (laughs) Amazing. 
Oh my god. I, I think my detail will be um, it's 2047, right? So yeah. they've got a little bit more advanced technology. They've got this like prehensile thing that you can use to pick up stuff that you might have dropped or whatever. But like we can retrofit it a little bit to look like a tail. So we give you like this prehensile cat tail thing that like looks good and it can move around with your movements. Oh man, is this for, did you, did you steal the arm off the claw game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's really not, you know, useful anymore because now everybody's here. We, I mean, it's not like it's being really used, so. Uh, recycling, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We'll put it back, don't worry. Ryan, you have solved the puzzle that I accidentally set up. <laughs> what? <laughs> because we have disguised Emmy specifically as being from Moneycomb, all of the things that would have been distracting are now going to give a benefit. So, I mean, take <laughs> plus one ongoing whenever you are trying to disguise yourself from your, uh, whenever you're trying to disguise yourself, essentially, while you have this outfit. Amazing. Oh my God, this is so cool. Wait, I need to cover my shirt. What am I going to cover with a shirt with? Nuts. Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be one of those uh, safety vests <gasps> to go along yeah, with, with the, the pockets. With the pockets. Ah! And then at the end of the at the end of the the spin me round montage, you see Arya sipping the last of her slushy in a big. <laughs> her eyes they do the thing where like the pupils like dilate as the sugar just hits her like brain, and she's like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> you can see it through the shutter shade. <laughs> That's the best part. It's just yep. like they dilate so much that you can see it between the shutters. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah, did you just leave the shop? Um, were you going to to try to call up a sub, LeBron? Were you oh, right. I was going to do that. So I will take a walking stick. It's like, there's nothing behind the walking stick. And I hold it up and I like lower it. And that when I lower it, there's a cardboard cutout of Emmy. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be a cardboard cutout. <laughs> Normally, we have a mechanic called Adventure Points, where to make something useful appear in the scene, you have to spend one. I am so delighted by this. I am not. Uh, you don't. You don't gotta spend anything. You yes. just have the cardboard cut out. Did we have any AP to spend to begin? With? I, I will go into AP debt. Everyone's. Everyone starts with one. Everyone okay. starts with one. Okay. Oh, perfect. And then you go to the dance, leaving your cardboard cut out. To I mean, she 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 goes arm in arm with her friends, and then she just takes a little look back and says, "Do you think that's gonna be okay? I mean, you know." By yourself? Yeah, sure. And as we start turning around and the cardboard cutout falls for it. <laughs> Alright, so you all go to the party. The party is in the promenade, which I'm re-googling promenade so I can remember what they look like. I just think DS9. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what the hell? Well, like whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It's 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 uh, we're having our dance in a big hallway, but it's a curved hallway, so it's nice. With with uh with a uh, a balcony hallway. Yeah. 
let's say it's like you know how in malls they have like the fancy second story uh thing where you can look down and there might be like a food court there yeah let's say it's that and then maybe the food court has all been like pushed to the side uh so it's now a dance place someone bought in a fountain however since it is the food court it is just the chocolate fountain and they don't have like a big one so it's a series of like small chocolate fountains arranged in the shape of a fountain so like a circle of them and then some other ones are stacked on top you know napkin angels being folded with origami absolutely majestic and yeah people are going around uh to the dance occasionally in the background you'll just hear a and we'll see Emmy's dad again on fire just run past as her mom just with a fire extinguisher is just following along just casually spraying it out and not I want to make it clear it's not in like the oh lol tired wife way like she is completely unfazed by this she's just walking doing the spritz while like having a lovely conversation with somebody else they're just a solid a solid unit so I, I kind of want to before we we get going with the dance because we're still on setup times what do you all kind of want out of the dance? Because we've already set up that, you know, Emmy might get a kiss, and I want to know if there's, like, anyone in particular that Emmy's, like, thinking about. But in addition to that, I don't want to just throw it on Emmy again, so if there's anything that you all in general are like, yeah, yeah, this is what, this is what I'm doing this dance, I would love to know. Um, a Tariq is at this dance with all these people from Moneycomb who obviously use a different kind of magic that I could probably learn from. So Tariq's trying to be casually trying to convince people, I will trade you my magic secrets for your magic secrets. They're on par and equitable. It's an equitable exchange. So LeBron is showing up like a con artist almost, like, tell me your secrets and I shall tell you mine. Yes. <laughs> I am a legitimate <laughs> businessman. <laughs> oh, what if, at the, what if at the dance there's like kind of like a, like a pre-show? Yes. So... Like part of it would be like a real, real magic people or real magic money combers, you know, I mean, you know, what, what have you. So there's like potential for for LeBron to definitely try to scope out the competition. Mm -hmm. I just thought of something to add on top of that. You know, at the prom, they always have like well, like awards for prom king, prom queen. Maybe there is the best magic outfit or something at the dance and the winner will get a spell book. It's a giveaway. It's it's a contest giveaway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, so you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this giveaway. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best. However, your arch nemesis, who we had a single episode with in season one, Wally Walking Stick, who is a giant walking stick bug, is also here. Oh no! <laughs> Why is he here? Hello, LeBron. Hello, Wally. How are you doing? I am doing magically. And as he says that, he like turns his head and like glitter emerges from behind him and he does a wink. Ah, I'm glad to hear that because I've been doing well myself. What? Is there something behind my ears? And then like a whole bunch of coins start raining down from both ears. <laughs> very, honestly, very dangerous. Ah, yes. LeBron, I saw that joke. I saw, I saw that joke of a magic trick at the birthday parties. You haven't graduated from birthday parties, it seems. 
characters is upset because you can't find employment using your petty magic. You think my petty magic? Yes. I I will have you know I am self-employed running shows of my own discretion at the places that I deem good enough for me. Yes, you're a magic walking stick. You're a hedge mage at best. I am a master magician. Don't you dare. Don't you dare compare me to Harry Hedgehog. You're right. I like Harry. I shouldn't insult him. <laughs> oh, this has been a bad week for me running sessions and just having my NPCs get utterly thrashed by the players. Well, I see you on the dueling fields. And he huffs off. And it's not very, I mean, he's a giant walking stick bug. So like his feet are very light and his whole, Can't stop. he cannot walk away. He literally physiologically cannot walk away dramatically, <laughs> but he tries his best. If Emmy is still arm in arm with LeBron and, and Arya and is witness to this, um, she basically turns to LeBron and says, just, I mean, is he, is he famous? Is who famous? That big walking stick. I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember them. It's been seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so Emmy has had her eye on um, a kid who is definitely a teen. So we're going to say, like, I don't know, 15, 16. And he's been... <laughs> He's been working the tabletop role-playing game store across the way from PEI. And he's been, like, you know, quiet and wears glasses and just, you know, just really good at, like, managing games and being authoritative when, it's, when it needs to be. And then, like, you know, selling these games to everybody from, like, the little kids to the elderly ladies that just walk in and want to see what it's all about. And, you know, she's been kind of admiring him from afar. He's kind, yeah. but confident. What was his name again? Oh, God. Usually I can come up with fantasy names like within a drop of a hat, but a normal name? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> uh, let's call him Tate. Oh, no, sorry. That's that's LeBron's last name. Never mind. Um, hold on. <laughs> let's have that confusion. <laughs> um, let's call him... Oh, Nate. 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 <laughs> and yeah, as as Wally walks off, you can see through him, because again, he is a walking stick. He is but a few inches wide. You can pretty much see around him at all times. But across the way, you see Nate. He's just sitting there with a real quiet group of nerds who don't, who like, like they're here with their parents because their parents are setting up, but like they're not quite sure how to handle each other. And right now he, he is helping, uh, he's helping deliberate the results of a role he's helping like well maybe you should use this move or this move and i mean in your experience you've only seen from afar but you can tell that he's made the right ruling have you ever actually tried to join any of his games have you played any of them or have you just like watched him from afar and been like wow she's watched him from afar and been like wow and then just <laughs> just you know i mean she wants to but i mean she's usually there's a gaggle of people around him, whether it be his boss, whether it be like the usual groups that come in 
Um, and then like, you know, when it's the little kids, I mean, of course you don't want to interrupt the little kids. And then for the elderly ladies, it's like, you know, he's helping them and he's, he's, he's being very kind when he's recommending things, even though they're talking like a mile a minute about something that has nothing to do with TTRPGs. All right. So yeah, you're, you're watching him from, from, uh, from afar. She's still looking at him. Wow. (laughs) And then she's like, her feet are moving. Wow. (laughs) Closer and closer. She's forgetting that she's wearing a completely different outfit. I mean, like, you know, we're talking like wackadoodle Cinderella at this ball. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's getting closer and then like, you know, he's starting to get animated because he's 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 playing an NPC again. And then, you know, the, the nerds at the table are getting into it, too. It's like, oh, <laughs> you can literally see her floating. You know? Aria and LeBron, you can. Yeah, you can see your friend basically floating in the air towards this group of players. Oh no! I'll let, I'll, I guess Arya. <laughs> Arya is currently very distracted by a pile of blank cassette tapes and other mixtapes, and I'm trying to organize my collection so I can have different labeled blank tapes ahead of time, so I can when a, when a certain song comes on, I can quickly swap it out and start recording. So I can make a mixtape of specific themes for potential magic to use later on. Right, because your spells are cassette tapes, right? Yeah, so so when I'm transformed, my I have a magical Walkman trinket that uh, creates portals all the time. But if I put in the right cassette tape with the right themes to the music, I can do cool things like fly or stop time. Incredible. So I do think that in this situation, LeBron is like seeing Emmy float towards and I'm imagining LeBron is like leaning, trying to keep her from floating in the direction. And he's like sliding backwards because he doesn't have the strength to overcome her infatuation. It's like, Emmy, Emmy, stop. You're in costume. I think Arya's going to rollerblade backwards uh, casually in front of Emmy, just like looking at a couple tapes. Uh, do you do you think they'll have uh, you know some songs about fighting here? Maybe I could uh, uh, something about fire. Maybe I don't know. Kind of up in the air. I got one tape left. So you see this like this slide panel of like Emmy's Emmy's floating, and then all like you know this, 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 this sliding sliding Arya like in front of her, and she's going like this around, around to try to keep, keep Nate in her view and dad runs by <laughs> does not notice you right and so basically at that you know she she comes back down to earth with a thump of her shoes it's like oh and you are close enough that if you went a little bit closer, Nate would notice you. In fact, he looks up at your group for a second, then continues because uh, you're not like close enough to be like, hey, guys, are you interested? But, you know, if you got a little bit closer, maybe. Who stayed outside of the range of perception check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't I can't have my parents seeing me even even though I'm like, you know, really disguised. I mean, uh, do you need to get ready for this for this show for the contest? She's turning to LeBron. Yeah, I have my outfit in one of my baggy pant legs. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, do you need to? Do you need help changing? I mean, I guess we we need to find uh, the music for for Arya. Mm. I was listening. She turns over to Arya and it's like, "I was listening. I just wasn't looking at you." <laughs> what? No, it's fine. 
So the change, I was just like, I just need you to hold this and roll out like a poster that is LeBron's like poster for, he advertised with. And I was like, can you hold this up? Yeah. And I step behind it and I come out, ta-da, and I have my wizard's outfit. LeBron didn't have as many coins before coming to this world. So he had to collect many velvet pouches and sew a robe from the tiny pouches together in this patchwork pattern to create an entire majestic purple robe with gold highlights on it. Amazing. Wow. Where do these things come from? <laughs> it's, se- it's season two, baby. That's the pants of holding. What the heck? <laughs> it was made of small bags of holding sewn together into a tremendous robe of holding. I don't know. Magic is weird. I understand it, but it is weird. And uh, do you all you all go to to get ready for the the magic performance? Oh yeah. yeah. With a reluctant, you know, sigh and and keeping her arms hooked with her friends because otherwise she's just gonna stay and then sigh <laughs> in Nate's direction she's just looking back like oh it's gotta be both because like if you start floating away you're just gonna take me with you because I'm on roller skates <laughs> exactly exactly oh that would be well and I uh, you know what it's fun let's do it I'm gonna give uh, Emmy a GM intrusion so GM intrusion means I get to make a hard move but you get one AP in return and a hard move means something happens that you cannot stop. Oh, boy. As you're walking away, all of you hear a very familiar, wow. And at the table playing the game with Nate, you just see one of the Moneycomb people with a giant horse head wearing a graphic tee very similar to something Emmy would wear, just like admiring Nate. <laughs> Oh, that Fargle Nugent. <laughs> Language. I, I'm so sorry, but do you see? Do you see back there? That's d- dream me or whatever. She's flirting with Nate. Well, I mean, that that's just you then. Mm-hmm. No, it's not me. It's her and stuff. I don't know. I, I don't remember how the rules were. <laughs> Worlds collapse, you know, multiverse kind of stuff. Whoops. Copyright trademark. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what do I do? probably should do something she looks really confident yeah she, and she's really cute look at that look at that she's pulling off outfits that you could only pull off in your dreams <laughs> oh look at that t-shirt and those pants oh do we have to have a second dressing month <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture it, too, because then, wait, it has, it has to be a different song. This one, we're getting to, like, the angst period, so now it's, like, a sad, clothes-changing montage. It's, like, either that or something, like, competitive, like Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> In this case, it's probably Eye of the Tiger. So if I understood, you uh, came in here to disguise yourself from your parents, and you have now decided to instead dress up as the best version of you and the most clearly visible version of you. The best version of me. I don't even think she really knows who that is yet. All she knows is she is not going to just let her dream self, like, you know, slide into Nate's good graces. To heck with that. <laughs> LeBron wants you keep the disguise, though. Okay. And so maybe you can 
somehow create a backstory for the current disguise and act like we're here to cosplay in his game. <gasps> and your heavy investment will surely catch his eye. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you're going to react to this, LeBron, but basically at that idea, like, you know, Emmy's just going to spin you around and around and <laughs> right round <laughs> like a record and give you a gigantic hug. <laughs> such a great idea lebron do it <laughs> you are exceptionally strong in me <laughs> yeah so we need to come up with a backstory like we need to huddle up and come up with a backstory for this outfit mm -hmm. yep just trying to think if we knew what this game was that they were playing i was cheap and i said above the neighborhood is like an easy <laughs> no, that's good that's good no that's great um <laughs> like above the subdivision <laughs> <laughs> above the cul-de-sac <laughs> above the cul-de-sac absolutely yes, that's I what like it is winter. it is it's just it's just the mundane part oh messy. <laughs> but they start with like a out there premise and then use the mundane thing to make it boring like they'll start with they're dealing with an alien invasion but because of the premise they'll then just turn it into like everyday life <laughs> as people get uh, abducted oh they're playing realtors to the alien <laughs> amazing <laughs> Stop it, <John. laughs> exactly exactly <sighs> emmy do you want me to do you want me to go scout it out can you i mean i can i can help lebron like you know just get ready with with the with the show as you like turn to look at lebron to say that and turn back she's already gone and you see her, like, drifting slowly behind the table. <laughs> Are you trying to, like, sneak in and scope without, like, bringing attention to yourself? I get my, um, my rollerblade, my second set of uh, backup blades on my front paws. And I'm, like, cat-like rollerblading on four limbs to be down low to go around the table. All right, roll. We're going to have our first roll. Roll me sneak. <laughs> So uh, when you roll, you take 2d6 and you add the applicable stat. There are four stats you can use that kind of show your character's perception towards the world. And the one you're going to use is slick, which is about being sneaky. All right, let's see what do we got. That is a 12 altogether. Okay, a full <laughs> success. So you, nice. you successfully sneak. You, no one is noticing this giant cat girl on four legs just slowly moving across the ground like the rollerblades completely uh i feel like from a comedic point of view you'd cut over and you'd hear like some sort of dramatic description i know i said it was a mundane game but like you know the music swells up and then uh nate is like and then in the hr office of no benefits you find yourself confronting Rebecca, the most ruthless HR manager of them all. And then we just cut back to Aria and the dramatic music stops. And we just hear the quiet sound of the rollerblades slowly moving across the mall floor. And what is, so you're sneaking. What, what now? What's your goal here? 
So I'm I'm like lower than chair level at this point. So like I'm trying to stay out of everybody's line of sight as I'm like circling the the perimeter of the table and the chairs. And I'm just trying to pick up like what the game's about, who are the like the main players in the game, like uh, you know what this what the plot is. So that way we can like insert Emmy with like the perfect backstory. We will say. The fantastical premise they did was the dead live. You know, the dead have risen, they've gone back, and we are now in a office. We're in the office of uh, OSHA, because the way it gets mundane is that all the players are playing OSHA compliance officers who are trying to figure out how to adjust their safety rules. Now that death has no meaning, do some safety rules need to be removed? And then, like, when you're dead, you know, like, uh, depending on your form, you know, skeletons, like, they can get things stuck places that most people can't because most people just don't lose limbs randomly and pick them back up again. Uh, you know, ghosts fall into debris ain't going to hurt a ghost. So if they're in that squelchy stage, then there needs to be some issues about that kind of accident prone mm-hmm. exactly. problem. Yep. And as as I mentioned, they're currently, um, I'm just going to call her Horse Emmy. Uh Horse Emmy is dealing with, uh, she put a semicolon where she was supposed to put a period on her paperwork. And that's why she's confronting uh, Rebecca, the HR manager, Mm. because that's a very serious violation. So I'm going to uh, gather that information and kind of slink back. And then just once I am like out of that perimeter of absolute noticing, get back up, tuck away my second pair of uh, skates and and just kind of casually like roll back to the group. So uh, very exciting game, uh, OSHA compliance officers. So uh, we can we can probably disguise you as one of those. I guess I can. I mean, with all the, the safety gear, I mean, like, you know, the mm-hmm. bright orange. I mean, like, you know, it could be one of the proponents of, of safe uniforms for the workplace. That sounds good, right? Mm hmm. Oh, at the dead are rising in the game. Oh, so okay. you have to talk about the safety of uh, the people that are no longer living, but still around. So maybe uh, maybe throw in there that you have experience with uh, preventing companies from exploiting their undead workforce uh, <laughs> with mandatory <laughs> overtime unpaid. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Also, you need safety gear that's brightly colored mm-hmm. for the zombie marathon. I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, these, uh, well, the, the skirt, the blanket thing. I mean, like, you know, that's that's totally in there. I mean, like, it could be used as a banner, you know, as a warning. It could be used as, like, a sign. I mean, I can totally do this. And then the strapping. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, for tucking things in and, you know, just making sure that, like, no, no, no squelchy bits, like, fall out or what have you. I mean, like, you know, I think it could totally work. I can do this. I mean, it's just Nate, right? I mean, I can totally. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Yeah, Nate will love it. You think he will? You think he will? I mean, I really do. Oh. I swiped a character sheet while nobody was looking. Did you? Here you go. I already filled it out. <laughs> what what was the name you filled out? <laughs> uh, Jemmy, because I'm very not creative. Well, that's good enough. That's good enough. Although, I mean, you put it under character name, right? I mean, let's take a look. 
because I was going to say, like, you know, out of character, I was going to say, it's like, you know, I was going to do, like, shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> to roll with fierce. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell me what, how, uh, shoot first, ask questions later. Tell me what that does. Yeah, so um, you can choose touch the other side or understand. So whenever you use this basic move, you roll with fierce instead of books. So since Emmy does not have books as all, at all for her stat, it's like, let's use fierce. At least there's a point in that. All right, so, do you have, uh, so understand is uh, what you do when you have a specific question for me, like where is this character? What, is, what does this thing mean? You're trying to understand something. What uh, Before you roll, what question do you have? So specifically you know and i don't know if this is specific enough but like you know how can i parlay this persona that i'm gonna go in with because i'm gonna use my reckless action skills um to be able to embody this character that i'm just gonna crash this game with <laughs> yeah give me a roll <laughs> oh nine a nine so a mixed success yep so i love these <laughs> You understand mostly. So what you're going to do is I'm going to give you an answer to the question. Mm -hmm. And then I am going to hold a different bit of information that you do not know. And normally that bit of information would be specifically related to the question. But I'm actually going to have something happen that you aren't aware of. That your character actually would be aware of due to the events that happened in season one that were not discussed. We're about to find out the plot of that we have already played through play today. <laughs> so the answer uh, is simple. Gotta be confident. Just walk in, say whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And Nate, Nate's one of those guys. You've seen him respond to people. He seems to get very nervous when people with like very strong opinions come in from the point of view of like, I need this or I need that. But if someone comes in with ideas and excitement, and just wants to add things. Well, yeah, I love playing with that kind of stuff, you know? Like, he loves playing around with that and having fun. So if you come in and you just come in with ideas, you'll be fine. And they don't have to be good ideas. But, oh God, what if they're not good ideas? What if I mess up, you know, the dead rising? What if I make that like a big, scary, serious thing? And uh, if it's all right, if I can narrate, I'm assuming some doubts are coming into your mind as you're as you're going through. Emmy's a, is always of two minds. So one mind is doing that and the other mind is basically just being reckless with her actions and using her public speaking skills. <laughs> so the reckless mind is going to be the answer that you get, that you like start to feel based on what you know. Basically go in and just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing you as Emmy don't remember, the sinister presence you don't remember, is as the anxiety increases and the idea of what if I make the dead rise a big deal settles like in the back of your brain, something seems to latch on to that thought. But that's the thing you as a character fail to understand. You don't recognize or even really identify that something has latched on to that thought. <laughs> Everything's fine. She's doing great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's just pulling everything from her sheet. It's like, yeah, and then, you know, this is the way, like, I'm reacting. I'm using this move right here. It's like, oh, and um, which dice am I rolling again? So she's just, like, snatching up whomever's dice is on the table or whatever and then just making the rolls. And he's looking at her, noticing her, not noticing the other chick. <laughs> wow, you're doing, uh, you're, doing, you're doing real great. What was your name again? Emmy. Oh, Emmy, yeah. Uh, 
You know, you uh, that name. Did you know that there's a there's a girl that actually works at the stad next to where I work? That her name is Emmy too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, um, he he, you're still disguised. So unless you say that you're that Emmy, he does not recognize that it is you. <laughs> the shades are still on. That's the why. disguise is too good. <laughs> too good. I mean, I just can't run the risk of my dad like running past again when my mom is with the. And he does. He does, in fact, run a past again. And the mom's like, "Sorry, there, kids." Oh, this is super, this is super fun. Oh, and that outfit, that's adorable. I think my daughter would like that. Talking to Horse Emmy, and then she just, she just continues on. And Horse Emmy, I would say gives you the side eye, but if I remember correctly, Horse's he- eyes are already on the sides of their right. heads. <laughs> and like, they already see to the side. So yeah. instead of giving you the side eye, the eye, which is already on the side of her head, just squints yeah. in suspicion. Yeah, <laughs> just that one. Oh, so it's like looks one. normal on the other side towards <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nobody else can see. Nobody else can see. Just me. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. Oh my god. You're doing a great job. You are having a wonderful time playing. Uh, playing above the above the cul-de-sac. LeBron and Arya, the, uh, and actually let's, let's get straight to it. Cause, uh, you know, we're getting to a point where some, some changes should be going on. So you're going to hear a uh, little Mike being like, uh, and your mom being like, all right, so it's time for, uh, time for the magic competition for anyone who wants to participate in that. So you got this LeBron. And Emmy's going to be, going to be like clapping you on the back and us and like also giving you another big hug and saying, you've got this. You've totally got this. Uh, yeah, I definitely got this. I definitely got this. And I, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that this robe looks more like a smoking jacket or something like that and not an actual wizard's robe. <laughs> it has like a lapel and everything. Does it have like um like um um like you know the um the gold embroidery and stuff like that? Like, you know, so it's like kind of velvety, but then it's got like brocade and just like the designs to pop out. There's so many little pouches. Each pouch has its own gold writing on it. Yes. Okay. They're crown royal bags. We sewed together a bunch of crown royal bags into a <laughs> robe. And it just looks like runes. Yeah, so no. it looks like ancient runes the way they're sewn together. <laughs> so cool. Wally Walking Stick looks by and says, You know, magicians typically don't want to have a bunch of obvious pockets, especially if their only trick is pulling things out of nowhere. You're mistaken. I have far more in my repertoire than pulling things out of nowhere. I'm excited to see what you can do. Excellent. I don't have anything else other than pulling things out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no. I mean, but what if you, what if you, what if you did a reversal? What if you didn't pull them out of your pocket? You can pull things out of thin air, can't you? I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, there's no, I didn't sew this to have this. Like, I had to split them open to get, because I couldn't get enough ground royal bags. It doesn't actually have pockets, but it looks like it has pockets. People are going to think it has pockets. LeBron, you you do quick change. You do pulling things out of anywhere. But what if you were able to transform, wink, somebody, wink, from an animal, wink, into a human, wink, wink. Oh, some sort of transformation sequence magic would be, I would win for sure. Magical girl? We'll have to make sure, because I think there's a time limit on the, our performances, and I have to make sure we have enough time. 
I'm glad I can stop time then. <laughs> oh, yes. This is brilliant, Arya. This is brilliant. I'm going to win for sure. It's like, you should see the look on his face. It can't change because the way his face is made. But you can imagine <laughs> the look on his face would be if he could move his face. I mean, you're not even concerned about the expression on his face anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, exactly. We got this. We got this. <laughs> like hands in. Oh, what if I, oh, what if I use the blanket as kind of like an extra like stage thing, right? So I mean, like whip off the blanket and then like, you know, put it off to the side and then, you know, you do the big reveal and then magic. Yeah, we can do that. But make sure that your parents don't see you because your disguise would be compromised by this small change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I keep everything else on, I should be fine. Right. Because, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. It's a really, really good disguise. One part of it can't possibly cause it to. Oh, I go in backwards. <laughs> Nobody sees my face. It's fine. Mm -hmm. All right. I think we should all put our three hands in and like do the ready. What are we breaking on? What's the word? Um, Magic? And then you hear, like, you know, do you believe in magic comes up as soon as we break. Do you believe in magic in a young girl's heart? We got this. We got it. We got it. We totally got it. All right. So another montage, as do you believe in magic is playing or whatever off-brand version I find on Motion Array for royalty-free music. We do a montage. You're playing more. You're nailing those OSHA violations. You get a couple of like a little upset like horse whinnies from uh from horse Emmy. Because he's loving my ideas, not hers. He's loving your ideas. I think her name should be Equinita. Or, or Anea. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Anea. 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 <laughs> she has to emphasize the nay every time. Anea. It has to be that way, because otherwise it's not it's not said correctly. <laughs> no, no. She's Anea. Her mom is Equinita. There we go. Yep. Because <laughs> your mom also likes horses. Yeah, her, her mom will probably come in season three. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's late game thing. It's, it's, you know, the episode where you introduce a rival character. Yes. We've introduced Wally. Now we've introduced uh, Anea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anea. 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 Gotta You're say correct. it right. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. So you do the game. The game goes wonderfully. Any uh, kind of resolution you would like for that game? Basically, the, the, the resolution for the game is that, you know, we come to a consensus the lone descent is, of course, Anea's <laughs> suggestion. But, you know, they, everybody else at the table loved Emmy's, you know, suggestion for how this meeting gets resolved in terms of setting up the rules for the safety for all the different companies that exist in that game world. And um, again, lone descent is, is, is Anea's um, idea. And she's just leaving the store looking disappointed. And instead of leaving in a huff, she leaves in a Winnie. There's a Winnie and just like, an angry walk off with the tossing of the mane tossing of the mane and the walking in because she's a horse girl it still has the rhythmic clack 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 of yes. horses yes. even though she is bipedal <laughs> yes. and presumably would just walk it's mm -hmm. still because she skips everywhere mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> or 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 she's bipedal and her hands do the <laughs> 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 the missing beats are by her hands. <laughs> Somebody called upon like the coconuts in Monty Python today in my Discord. I can't. I'm sorry. 
All right, you're all ready. Uh, Wally, Wally Walking Stick ends his performance and it gets some nice, you know, applause. His family is applauding really hard, but again, they are walking sticks with tiny little walking stick limbs that cannot make sound because they're like an inch wide. It sounds like somebody snapping. Exactly. It sounds like snapping. Some of the crickets you hear like cricket sounds. It's meant as applause. It is not seen that way to most people. And he's just like, well, good luck, Lagon, from the magic world, because you're going to do so bad that you're going to leave because you're going to be embarrassed. So how about that? Do you know that if you need that much explanation, it's not that good? It's a good. You should have spent more time on your actual performance. That was good, but now you're going to lose. You, you might want to go stand against the namesake, the wall. Oh, that was good. You really stuck it to him with that one. Oh, I, I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> he has like an expressionless face. Like he is furious right now, livid, quaking. You can't tell. He just looks like a stick. And eventually he's like, well, maybe I will. And he hops off. All right, LeBron, it is time for your show. Uh, everybody, welcome. Oh, a good friend of my daughter, Emmy's. And by the way, Emmy, absolute sweetheart, working at her parents' stand, just like a, like a good daughter would. <laughs> and disguised Emmy is keeping her back to her mother and will back into the stage like when it's time for her to do the, the blanket drop and just keep her face turned away from her mother. I, I like, I'd like a smash cut to the store <laughs> and there's like some raccoon people like tearing up the... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! It's like a whole bunch of different animals. Like one's like picking up the cash register, slamming it down, like it's a, a ape or something. <laughs> yeah, but my parents have put on the new TSA locks. Nobody can get into that. Nope. Trying to think if there's, uh, is there an animal who can pick locks? Apparently, cockatoos can pick locks and solve complex oh, puzzles what? for nuts. What? How? <laughs> yeah, look, there's an image. There's an image here. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with all of you, and then uh, I'll remember to put it in the chat in case they want to put it in the description of the episode. I guess here's a cockatoo just going to town on a lock. What the French? Uh, and you know what we'll say? No cockatoo is there yet because they are watching the magic performance, but they are bored and on the verge of leaving. <laughs> and you know where they're going to go if they get bored enough. Oh, no. <laughs> My performance is hanging. Oh, no. The PEI hangs in the balance. I have to perform well. All right, LeBron, time to go. So LeBron goes out on the stage and he does his old intro. It's like... Hello, I am LeBron Tate, Master of Magic. That's like everyone else's, but different. And today, I'm going to astound you with my performance and my magical prowess. And so I take off the robe and I still have the windbreaker and everything. I don't know where it came from because it obviously was not there. Lay it flat on the ground and then like flip it up in the air. And then there's a cardboard cutout of Arya. And then I was like, oh no, 
my wand must be in a fritz. And like, I bang it. <laughs> I'd like to believe the cardboard like bends a little bit as you whack it just a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> in an instant, the start, the cardboard cutout turns into Arya. Yeah, Arya, describe what you do on your end. Um, I think like the, the cardboard lands on the platform, right? And this is like a, a place that's set up for magic yeah. shows and stuff. So there's like a trap door right behind it. And um, I like just kind of pop out of the trap door looking like I'm popping out of the cardboard. And uh, Emmy, if I understand you are like, what are you doing again? Yeah, so Emmy is going to be backing out from the from backstage with the blanket skirt, you know, unsnapped and kind of like, you know, like almost in a, a Toreador kind of position. So this way it's like, you know, when when LeBron does the um, oh, no, and then, you know, like smacks the cardboard cutout, like she brings the skirt up in front. And then when he says it's, you know, like gives the signal, then she's going to drop it. And that's when Aria will appear. Amazing. So, uh, what we're gonna do is, I want you to roll for performance, LeBron, and I think I want you to roll something called Keep Your Cool. Okay. Keep Your Cool is the generic if you're trying to do something, you know, that takes time and might be intensive, and it's closely related to performance, so that is slick. However, because you are being aided by your friends, we're gonna do something called Help a Friend, which is a move when a friend helps you out. And that's based on your compatibility score with the other characters. What are your scores with the other characters? I have a plus one with Arya and a minus one with Emmy. Okay. Since they're both helping you, let's split the difference and do a plus zero. <laughs> and at a plus zero, you get you just get a flat plus one to your roll. So roll, then add your slick modifier, then add one to whatever that is. Okay. So because I'm weird, I roll I can roll with weird. You can. So uh, what does roll with weird do? In addition to the regular four stats, you gain additional stat weird, which was a value of plus three. At any point, you can roll a basic move using the stat weird. However, unless you are inside of or directly interacting with something from the other, all full successes will become mixed successes. Critical successes remain the same. And I feel like the mixed success is exactly what I want to happen here. Okay, perfect. So this works out. <laughs> I also have to opposite day when you roll bonuses are inverted when you should roll with advantage roll with disadvantage instead positive stats become negative stats what counts as a success is inverted and as well when factors and result of the roll use the following values basically typically i roll poorly <laughs> therefore now i benefit from my poor rolls <laughs> yeah so uh you're gonna try to get as low a roll as possible there are different values but for example the plus one i just gave you is a negative one now because that is helpful to you okay and i rolled a eight so minus four makes it a four so success perfect yeah four <laughs> normally really bad actually pretty good for you uh so you keep your cool mostly. You do the performance. Everyone's like, wow, amazing. However, there is a drawback, specifically related to the fact that you do this in as weird a way as possible. Um, I kind of, I'm trying to think, I think I would want something to happen after it, like it succeeded, but then something happened afterwards that mm. puts an asterisk on it. Yeah, let's, you know what? Let me give you a GM intrusion. Okay. And the reason I'm doing this is because what I'm about to do it's a bit too harsh for a mixed success. 
So you do it, you successfully get her out there, and then what do you what do you say or do after that? Ta-da! Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. And there's a bunch of clapping and like applause and like some kids laughing and everyone's really happy. But the clapping gets a bit too loud. And the laughing, which starts with a simple ha 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 starts echoing throughout the walls as shadows emerge on all corners. And you hear a voice from around the halls, a voice that sends shivers up your spine, a voice that sounds so familiar to all of you from season one. <laughs> Is like, Wonderful residents of Moneycomb and Duran Square Plaza. I hope you're having a wonderful evening, an evening of dreams and magic. But in this new world, will you so quickly forget your nightmares? And you hear the booming voice of season one's main villain, the Nightmare Queen. <laughs> What she does is she latches onto nightmares, specifically evil things in people's mind, dark thoughts. And she says, now I honestly thought I wouldn't stand a chance in a place like this because there was so much joy and pleasure. But, well, I can thank my good friend Emmy for a delightful idea. Something that you could just say, Rose? And the ground around all of you, surrounded by the shadow, starts to quake and shake. And bony, broken, see-through hands start bursting through the floor as the dead rise. I done bad, didn't I? Oh, God. And everyone starts panicking and screaming. And uh, your mom looks around. She's like, Emmy, but Emmy's at home. Why would she think about the dead rising? Oh, Emmy's gonna sneak out as best as she can after she hears. <laughs> Just sneak out as like skeletons are rising out of the ground. <laughs> And, like, oh, just go into town on people. You're just like, well, all right, uh, everyone have fun with the dead rising. I'm just going to get away from my mom. <laughs> I, I think Arya is going to, like, uh, drift into uh, between Emmy's mom and Emmy to break that line of sight. But, like, with a look of determination, she's not paying attention to uh, her mom. She's paying attention to the dead that are rising. And uh, she she grabs her Walkman and uh, flips up the headphones with the little foam, the really junky looking headphones actually, and uh, catches them and like looks at the camera. It's time to dream. <laughs> <laughs> the transformation sequence has begun and uh, she, she starts putting on the headphones and as she like pulls <laughs> the headband above her face, her face like transforms from a cat face into a human face. And she puts that on. She pulls her hoodie back, which was already down, but you know, stock footage. So she pulls the hoodie <laughs> with back. With the mechanized sound. So it's like it's just nothing with the sound, <laughs> true sounds. It's all mechanized. Yep. Exactly. So she pulls the she pulls her hoodie back and like as she does her her normal, just regular cat head with cat ears turns into a, a head of hair with black, long black hair. And then like she like pulls at her a hoodie and it like slowly transforms all the way down into I'm gonna say like a almost like a ball gown I guess 
because we're at the prom, might as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice magical girl prom dress, basically. And then uh, at the, when it gets to the bottom, you can see the roller blades, like they get a little bit cooler looking. Um, and then like two black cats appear on either side near the ankles of the roller blades. And then she twirls the Walkman and just hits play. I'm so sad that we can't use like music that has copyright on it because I'd want to use so many songs. <laughs> I know, right? All right, yeah. Um, let's do a confrontation. So the way a confrontation works is that you have a goal and then your foe has a goal. You each get a clock. The clock is, uh, I believe, four ticks big. You will, as a group, each of you can choose to make an action. If you roll a full success, your clock fills by one. Or you can put, like, some sort of effect on the enemy. Like, oh, every roll in the future is one step easier because this big skeleton man I fought, I knocked off one of his arms or something, and, and the skeleton man can't use it. On a failure, their clock fills by one, your foe's the monster. Or they can inflict an effect upon you and then on a mixed success both happen so typically both of your clocks fill by one so all the monsters are going everywhere there are zombies there are skeletons but in the center of them all with a horrifying bony (laughs) a giant skeleton humanoid horse appears and looks at all three of you we got to get Emmy to save Nate. That's what I was working on for my part. Oh, no! oh, I forgot Nate's in danger. Okay, so speaking of... You're hurting my heart. <laughs> the horse's goal, and in turn, the Nightmare Queen, uh, the goal is actually not to like defeat you or anything. The goal is to ruin the promenade dance. Uh, so any actions the horse takes will be towards that. What is your all goal? Because confrontations aren't just simple dust-ups, it's two of you going for opposing goals, and essentially whoever gets there first wins. I think if their goal is to ruin the promenade dance, our goal would be to make it the best promenade dance ever, maybe? In their attack, we turn it into something cool and people start applauding, they might change their mind or something. All of the skeleton hands, like something, something word, like all the skeleton hands end up being like the rhythmic clappers. So this way it's like, you know, to the beat of music that Arya gets to play over the loudspeaker to make sure that the whole place is partying down for the promenade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, in a broad sense, it sounds like the goal is to ruin the party and your goal is to make it a great party, which, as we all know from the lore that we learned at the end of season one, The way the Nightmare Queen gets her power is by bad feelings. So by making something positive and good, you can therefore strip her of her powers and also just make things fun. Yes. Okay, perfect. So what's going to happen now is that one of you can take an action. At any point, you can, you know, do a group action as well. You can be like, I like how you kind of did like the magic thing together. And I'll just do the basic plus one benefit for you as a group. But essentially describe what you are going to do to go towards your goal. We'll roll a dice and then we'll narrate how it either succeeds, how it helps them, or how it does something in the middle based on your result. I want to say to open this shebang up because she knows it's like, you know, 
there's no way getting around it. Like it's sooner or later, they're going to like my parents are going to discover that she's not at the booth. <laughs> she is going to swirl around and she's going to like point at Ari and say, get that music pumping. And then she's going to take out her flare gun. She has a flare gun. <laughs> I forgot that you had the Tchaikovsky flare gun. <laughs> yes, the, the flare gun that shoots off confetti as well as like, you know, does the, the Tchaikovsky's. <laughs> You gotta shoot it. Yep, you got I got it. it. I got it. To kick things off. That's basically what she does. I mean, so she again, she points at Arya, like, you know, get that music pumping, and then points at LeBron and saying, like, let's get this place, like, you know, roaring with color or whatever. And then she shoots off the gun. Amazing. And as soon as it pops, Arya has the right mixtape in. And it starts playing the first opening chords to Freebird. <laughs> I, I think I think the role that makes the most sense for this is uh, take action because you don't really need you don't need finesse to shoot a loud flare gun in the air. You just kind of do it. So, yeah, roll me take action, which is fierce. And then okay. because you're using your signature item, which is the unique thing that's special to you, roll with advantage. So roll three, take the results of the top two, add your fierce. And then do I still have the, okay, the, the plus one was only because of the disguise, right? Like only the plus one is only the hide from your parents, which you are very definitively not doing. Nah, right she's now. given up on that. Yeah. She is going to like not be quiet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, <gasps> Five plus six plus one is 12. A full success. So yeah, describe how the flare gun goes up, shoots color everywhere. It reflects through some of, you know, like prisms when you put light through a prism and then it'll like, mm -hmm. it does that through some of the ghosts. Yes. Like it goes through the ghosts then shoots rainbow everywhere. Right. Uh, how, anything else you want to describe about how you're amping up the energy? Yeah. So basically she decides, you know what, to heck with this. I'm not going to hide from my parents because I mean, like, you know, this is too important. So she finds like the highest place that she can on this particular platform. And what that means is that she's jumping over the skeleton arm hands things that are trying to grab. And she's jumping on each of the chocolate fountains that have been set up around the place. And then just kind of like, you know, having them splurt all over everybody that's around. And then she finally gets to like a high table, a high platform or whatever shoots off the gun and it just basically looks like i'm sorry a copyright trademark or whatever like it basically looks like he-man raising the sword <laughs> by the power of pi by the power of tchaikovsky yes you hear it? and the confetti goes all over the place and then you almost hear the metallic sounds as as the lights and the confetti go through the ghosts and create this cacophony <laughs> Anyways, the music shoots up, it flares, it's all over, everyone covers their eyes, and then just like starts getting really excited. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe this is part of the event. It is. And with a horrifying nay, the like, I don't know why I did a human nay. I think it's his last time. <laughs> a human saying nay. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. In like December, during our show's mid-season, we played Girl Underground and I played a horsewoman. And I believe that is the last time I played a horse in a role-playing game because it's now happened twice. 
Anyways, uh, there we go. That's a more a more horse, not a very horse like sound, but a more horse like sound. So, uh, uh, almost like a, a nightmare. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is furious, but it is too distracted by uh, the lights and the beat to do anything. What do you all do next? Oh my gosh. Do you want to do something next, Arya? Yeah. Um, so my my skates uh, lift off the ground to Freebird playing in my ears as like the 1812 remix is playing over the loudspeakers, basically floating up with my eyes closed because it just looks cool. Yeah. And then I like open my eyes with determination and I'm like, okay, we got to get this party bopping. And I'm going to start skating through the air towards uh, the DJ station and trying to like weave between these uh, skeleton hands and ghosts and stuff to try to distract them enough to keep them away from the people, you know, having fun. Does Arya leave a vapor trail? of oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be like this, this like neon trail behind me, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Roll uh, keep your cool because you're trying to like... It, because this is more dexterous, you know, than just I'm just throwing something up in the air. Yeah, is that that's fierce, right? Oh, uh, that's slick. Oh, slick. Oh, I still got plus one on slick. That's fine. As long as I'm not doing books, I'm fine. All right, that is at eleven. <laughs> You are just trouncing on this thing. Yeah, so we got the lights in the air going through the ghosts and now just all these like trails being left behind and you're distracting the skeleton hands and they they look like they're putting their hands up for a rave as they're trying to get you. They threw their hands in the air and waved them like they just don't care. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like skating between them and I, I high five one on my way past it. Oh, so they're waving because they're like reaching. <laughs> all right yeah and the party is going off even the skeletons are getting into it a little bit what's the next thing you do okay i think this is where uh lebron would tap into the the weird 90s yeah and so he will do something with his hand and an air horn will appear in his hand and he'll hold it up in the air and go burr, 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 burr. <laughs> To, to attract the bone horse towards him? I Okay, so I will need you to spend an AP to take get the arrow horn. I will do that. I will spend AP. <laughs> worth it. Best spend ever. Oh, uh, but I will I will give you a I will give you a plus one for using the air horn. And you're trying to get its attention. So I would say that's uh you're trying to convince somebody because you're trying to convince it to pay attention to you. And let's do I mean, I know it's all negative one for you. I would like to make the argument that the air horn is from the nineties and therefore it's weird. And so I could use my weird <laughs> You can use roll with weird whenever you want. Oh, but it's like I can get full success successes if it's a actual weird thing. So I was making an argument that the air horn is from the nineties. From Nardi's parties, not the 80s parties. Therefore, <laughs> I'm tapping into the the other. I I respect it. I really do. But no. But no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. Okay. So I'm going to roll oh. weird. So I got to roll. All right. Low. So negative three plus the bonus is negative four again. Mm -hmm. so I rolled a five. So it's a big success. Okay, perfect. Do you want to describe how you get its attention? So, yeah, it's like I never left the stage, so I'm up on the stage. And so when the bone horse starts to charge, I just start waving in the air and it's like, beep, 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 beep. 
It's like I'm already dressed in a way that I'm noticeable, and I think that Firefly that had this light earlier from the beginning <laughs> just happened to accidentally be standing. <laughs> Again. But this time I turn and give him a thumbs up because, like, good job. <laughs> so, yeah. That happens. The spotlight is on you. It is a mixed success, so both of your clocks fill, so you distract it, and the spotlight is on you, and everyone's seeing you with your air horn, and it's so fun. Uh, but as it walks forward, I mean, you actually have to, you jump out of the way, because the big horse foot slams on top of the chocolate fountain, causing it to spill all over, and the light which was on you, LeBron, then goes on the skeleton. So it's both exciting and also kind of scary, and also a bit of a bummer because there's chocolate everywhere, but not in like the fun way, in the uncomfortable and sticky kind of way. That being said, you are trouncing this thing. Its clock is one out of four. Your clock is three out of four. You're close. Like, not only are the shadows disappearing because you have an air horn and little skate trails and like a light and a flare gun, but also you can feel the Nightmare Queen's power waning. If you are able to succeed, you can get the party back going. <gasps> I got it. Do we do want to do a group thing where we're doing something together for the last one? I mean, okay, so I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I mean, so Emmy jumps out of the way and then she skids on the on the chocolate to almost like surf onto another high like a ledge or something like that. And then she's like, she's already dropped the blanket that she was using for the for the skirt. So now when she's on this higher platform, she just says, you know, to heck with it. And she whips off the, like, with with one hand, she whips off the shades and the do-rag <laughs> so she can be seen in all of her Emmy resplendence. And she's just like, who wants this party pumping now? We want this party pumping now, now, now. And then, like, you know, Arya, if you've got something, like, with that kind of beat. Oh, Dancing Queen starts playing. <laughs> Over the loudspeakers. Yeah, the Dancing Queen remix. Um, the '80s remix of Dancing Queen. <laughs> uh, because we want to get, we want to get this Nightmare Queen dancing. Yeah, that's what's going to be my, the next step in the, my two-part plan. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you. Uh, because it's been the longest since Mads has rolled. Mads, roll convince somebody. We're going to do heart because you're trying to appeal to the good inner nature. And we'll take the plus one bonus because you are being helped by Arya. And LeBron, are you doing anything to help right now? Yes. I think as that bone horse is charging, I will take that cardboard cut out of Arya and throw it in his path. Because once you stand on top of a piece of cardboard, you're forced to enter a breakdance contest. It's like throwing a gauntlet. It's true. Those are the rules. So as it charges, I like another 90s things. You've activated my trap card. <laughs> cardboard. Nice. You've activated my trap cardboard. All right. Oh, am I just doing a plus one? Like no, like no advantage, right? No advantage. No, unless you have an advantage to dancing or something like that. I mean, like what are your what are your skills? Reckless actions and public speaking. <laughs> Yeah, roll with advantage. You're doing public speaking. Yeah. You're trying to get everyone to party. That's sure. public speaking. Yeah. Great. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So that is a nine. Okay. So it doesn't work perfectly, but it works well enough. And just dancing queen. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The music starts blaring. 
the cardboard goes under, everyone starts dancing. The horse can't help, but it starts dancing as well. It destroys a couple of things because it's a giant horse skeleton. Like, Fair. if it does anything where its legs go out in any way, it is knocking down at least one column. And knock down a punch. But like, people are having fun, people are dancing. Emmy's looking at her mom and she just looks and says, sorry, mom, got a party. And then she'll jump down from where she's at and then she'll go find Nate to pull him into dance. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't usually dance that much there, Abby. But... No, come on, it's fun. Look, if I can do it, you can do it. But, I mean, and he looks to you with these big, like, soulful eyes. But you can do anything. It's like soft focus. <laughs> this is going into a completely <laughs> different type of mood music right now. <laughs> There's a ballad playing in the background. Give me some journey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my god! It's it's a mashup between Dancing Queen and Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> it's a remix. Yeah. She basically, like, you know, takes both of his hands and is pulling him in. And just like, when it, when you hear Dancing Queen, she's got both of his hands and then they're, they're boogieing. If, if it switches to Journey, then, then she's like, you know, like, the, the more formal dance. <laughs> what are, what are, what are LeBron and Arya doing? Arya's been in the, uh, the DJ booth as the DJ had, uh, run off, uh, in fear of the, uh, the Walking Dead. Now that the horse is locked in, breakdance combat with me it cannot escape until a winner is decided i can tap into my future dance moves that look brand new like i created them myself and as this fun is happening you just hear no no you cannot have fun you can't have merriment i will come back i swear and the shadow starts like to recoil as if almost in fear and eventually the bright lights and the dancing and the merriment just shoot it out till there's just a tiny little trail and it whisks off to somewhere in the hallway just running away from all of you. Not in like a chase it way, in like a, it's the villain has been defeated, but I, I'll, I'll come back. Team Rocket is blasting away again, kind of thing. <laughs> so I imagine a bowing horse like broke dance into pieces. Uh, you know what? No. I'm gonna give this to you in the best way. All of the skeletons and the horse are now part of your dream. So they're just buds now. Amazing. Nice. That you have freed the skeletons and the ghosts and the bone horse from the Nightmare Queen's clutches. And now you have a break dancing and maybe magic buddy. Yay. Unless you would rather the horse break apart. No, the horse is going to be part of my um, performance now. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so brilliant! And before we end, uh, let's we're going to cut to the next day. You go back to your stand, and yeah, it's in tatters and just broken up. And, and you, you can see your mom just kind of looking at it and sighing real deep. <sighs> I, put, uh, I put my hand on uh, Mrs. DeRime's shoulder, and I have not transformed back yet at this yeah. point and say, uh, don't worry about it, Mrs. Durheim. And I click play on my Walkman to stop time. I got this. <laughs> and I start rollerblading around the store cleaning up and come back uh, just in time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Emmy, again, looks very contrite and then looks shocked when the, when the booth <laughs> looks amazing again. 
And she does go to her mom and um, says, Mom, I'm really sorry. I know you don't consider me old enough yet, technically a teen, but to you, not really. But I really wanted to go to this, this dance. I mean, I didn't say anything. And I don't know whether it's because, you know, I was afraid of what your answer was going to be or if you were going to say no. But, I mean, all I can say is I'm, I'm really sorry. I mean, I will not be irresponsible again. I just really wanted to have fun. And she just sighs and she says, listen, I mean, it's it's not your fault at all. It's, it's mine. You know, I, I, I get so worried, you know, with, with all the things. And I remember what life was like when I was a kid and all the dangerous things I've done. And then, you know, I remember that you have gone into a dream world and met dream people and then fought a nightmare queen and then fought the nightmare queen again. And, uh, you know, then I get more worried because that's significantly more dangerous than anything I've done. But then I'm like, you know, well, that just means she's doing it better than I did. And yeah, as, as noted in the comments by Ryan, dad runs around in the background. She says, and besides, on the management front, you're nothing compared to your father. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Love you, kid. Love you, mom. And dad uh, runs out into the yard where we see a big line has formed of skeleton people and a giant horse all wanting to venture out to the parking lot so they can see the wider, exciting world. And the music swells and we're all excited. But then before we close, some sinister music plays. Probably with a, like, a <laughs> syncopated rhythm. <laughs> And we can see the shadow continuing to escape. And the shadow moves around and it pools at someone's feet. And the shadow rises up, fully finishing the form of Anea. And she turns to the camera, because remember, this is a TV show. And you can only see one of her eyes because, you know, the other one isn't pointing towards the camera. So you have to take my word for this. But I can promise you that she looks at the camera and winks. <laughs> and that's Under the Neighborhood. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, both audience and player, oh. as we played an adventure of time to figure out a season's worth of lore in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Totally brill. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks so much for joining us. Before I go, let's go around and uh, tell everyone if they enjoyed today, and I certainly did, and if someone's still listening here, they either like hearing people shill for themselves or presumably they actually listen to and enjoy the episode. So if they want more of our lovely stuff and more of us, where do they go? What do they do? <laughs> Hi, I, I'm Ryan Bolter. I have been uh, Aria Dawn, your magical girl who casts spells. And you can find my work uh, at uh, Creation Cast on Twitter. I'm part of the Character Creation Cast podcast where we create characters for games uh, every single month with guests throughout the industry and TTRPG community. And it is super fun. Kyle was on an episode, uh, a couple episodes uh, for July this year. And it was a fun time. We covered this game. So if you want to figure out more about what this game is all about, uh, under the neighborhood, not above the cul-de-sac, <laughs> you, you can listen to that series and, and find out more about the, the background behind this game. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. Hi, I'm John Perry. 
You can find me on Twitter, Sleepy, S-L-E-Y-P-Y. You can find me on the Redacted Files podcast, and you can find me on Wasteland Blues. Occasionally, you can find me streaming on Twitch with Dicey Amazons. I'm Madeline Collie, and uh, you can find me on Twitter under Madeline Collie, as well as my um, actual play podcast, Store underscore Chaos Edge, um, which is Stories from Chaos Edge on your podcast player. Um, and then I do have a YouTube channel, um, slowly growing in content of, of more APs. Um, and then you can also see my performance work on uh, Jason Cordova's channel um, on the, the Between Shadow Society playlists. We have season one already in the in the can, as well as season two, which is ongoing. But, you know, please, like, you know, take a look at uh, all of our stuff. And then finally, I am Kyle. You don't get to know my Twitter. It's personal. Instead, you get to check out Quest Friends. <laughs> Quest Friends is an actual play podcast using Under the Neighborhood. In fact, Under the Neighborhood was designed specifically for the second season of Quest Friends. Our first season is a Numenera campaign, uh, which is silly fi sci-fi adventures. And our current one, Quest Friends Hereafter, uses, as I said, Under the Neighborhood to tell stories about a world where the realms of the living and the dead are only a plane ride apart. That's right. This finale was incredibly on brand for me. And finally, if you enjoyed this game, you can check out Under the Neighborhood. Uh, you can check it out on, right now it's on DriveThruRPG or itch.io. If you buy on itch, anytime you buy a game, a community copy will go up for somebody to get for free. It's a game that if you want to do more planning, you can. But if you're the kind of person who just wants to grab a world and go, be it the existing world of the Owl House, the existing world of Gravity Falls, the world of Hereafter, or now that you know about it, the world of Moneycomb, <laughs> we invite you to try out the game and flesh out what happened in season one and the remainder of the following seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, thanks so much for listening. Um, Normally, I'd say I see you next time, but I hope that at least one of us have caught your interest and at least one of you will see you next time. Bye. 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 The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Storelli. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event. And you can even buy our team members a Kofi. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2022. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners.